0: Hi, I'm Annette Richmond. Thanks for joining me for the Smarter Business Moves podcast. If content marketing is part of your growth strategy, head over to my new podcast, Content Marketing School, and visit contentmarketingschoolonline.com for resources. Now let's get on with the show. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Smarter Career Moves podcast. My goal is always to inform, educate, and entertain. Well, hello out there. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whether you're watching us live or on the replay, um, I, you know, I will say I my feet are dancing under my chair. I'm so excited to have Nick here with me today. As Stop I was it. him, <laughs> no, it's so true. Um, I I met you on um, LinkedIn sometime last year. I started following you and yeah. you know loving your stuff. And you had put up a, a, a little training. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I have to get up like really early, but I'm, I'm gonna do that. And I learned so much, I mean, just the, the you know, techniques and camera and lights and things like that. But also, um, you know, you taught me to, you know, have fun with, with what I was doing. And um, I think it's made, it certainly made a big difference on how I approach it. I think it's made a big difference to the people who see my content. So yeah. for anyone who does not know you, um, please tell us a little bit about you and, uh, what you do. Uh,
1: so I am Nick, I am a social selling and video coach and I'm based out of the UK and I work with, um, a couple of companies, um, DLA Ignite, um, who are our um, main partners and, um, my colleague, uh, Eric, if he's watching, uh, at Crux. So hi guys, if you're watching. Well,
0: you know, I, um, I know that you've been working on video for, you know, much of your career. It's been about the video um, and, you know, what um, and more recently begun offering the social selling and video and video coaching. So it seems more like a shift than really a change um, to me. So what sort of prompted um, this mood? this move i should say not mood, or this maybe mood.
1: That <laughs> uh, um, so yeah a uh, good question so i've been uh, i've been a video producer over over half my life for over 20 years and um, making video content and um, previous company that i had was uh we were essentially a kind of white label um supplier for um other large agencies so if they didn't have the capabilities in-house to produce their video content that would come to us we'd get a team together um, and we'd start to to produce these large you know whatever it was basically if it was you know 30 short form uh, pieces of social media content or a large um advertising project or whatever it was um but um obviously uh, and then I, and, and I started on uh, on LinkedIn probably about it must be about 3 years ago now I think um kind of start to discover the kind of lead gen aspect of that so um originally when we started the, the video production company our sales cycles were kind of like this because um we'd get a large project and we do all the work and then we weren't doing any sales and marketing so it gave room through the floor again yeah. and it was like ding 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 um so I was like well this doesn't really work from a, a business perspective um I need a, a more um secure form of um of lead generation so um discovered linkedin starting to go hell for leather on linkedin because i get i get completely obsessed by things like if something's new and shiny i have to kind of get inside it and kind of disassemble it and reverse engineer it to figure out how it works and uh and um yeah just just fell in love with this this platform really um and then and then covid hit um uh that that lovely uh that lovely penned out up Pandemic uh, that happened a few years ago, and um, and uh, obviously we couldn't go out and film. So I was like, "Well, what do I do now?" Um, yeah. So I was like, "Well, I've got an awful lot of um, industry experience. Uh, I've been doing this stuff for a long time. Why don't I set up a video coaching component of, of what I do?" Um, started that, um, and it gives me a real buzz. And, and we've obviously worked together um, as well. But it gives me a real buzz, kind of watching people take their first kind of video steps and sort of passing on all that that knowledge that I've accumulated over the years and, and uh, helping other people kind of start their video journey. Um, and I've always deeply believed um, since since come kind of coming onto the platform that um, employees across brands um, should develop and grow their personal brands to feed back into that company culture. Um, uh, and I was so deeply passionate about this. I started to formulate, um, formulate an idea for training and coaching around that and um, Fortunately, my good friend Eric, um, who's now my business partner, was already working with um, a company called DLA, um, who created the social selling program that we teach and coach. Um, so I decided to partner up with him um, and introduce the um the video component into our um into our program and the rest is is history, as they say. <laughs>
0: It, uh, no it, it you know it, it is so fabulous and um I just want to say hi we have several people out here in our audience so i want to say hello to Erica and Ilya our friends and, Eric's,
1: um, Eric's there as well I can see John well. here
0: and um, so you know thank you so much for for joining us uh, this morning and uh, please do put your um, questions in the chat and I'm sure uh, Nick will be happy to uh, answer them for you so if you have any questions, um, please do share them with you uh, with us, and we can see them here in the studio. Um, so one thing I want to ask you because the idea of social selling, I yeah. think so many people, I'm confused by it. I'm still trying to figure it out and how it could work in my business. And so you can can you talk a little bit about like what are some of the misconceptions and kind yeah. of what is it?
1: Yeah. so um I, I kind of start with the five C's really. So that's context, uh, content. Consistency, uh, conversation and conversion. So context, who am I speaking to and what do I want them to take away? Uh, Content, whether it be text posts, image posts, articles, videos, um, how am I delivering that message? Um, Consistency, maintaining authenticity in a single personal brand voice and message across time. Uh, um, uh, conversation, and this is the important part. That's why we create co- uh, content in the first place is to drive a conversation. So within your content, and then hopefully progressing to to your uh, DMs, and then into the analog world. Um, and then, oh, is that your is that your mobile? Well,
0: <laughs> yes. One thing I forgot to do. I'm <laughs> Apologies. Apologies, um, and,
1: so. and then, um, and then conversion, which is the actual selling part of of uh, social selling. Um, So social selling in a nutshell is using your presence and behavior on social media as a team to build influence, make connections, grow relationships and trust, which leads to conversations, commercial interaction and growth. Um, When you do it right, um, social media directly improves marketing, uh, impacts business development, sales, uh, employee advocacy, uh, supply chain, R&D, HR, uh, safety, technical, engineering, quality, every single thing that happens in your organization that involves people, it affects basically. Um, and it's, um, it's extremely contextual as well. So oftentimes, um, you know, if you look, at, you look at the way a lot of uh, people or, or kind of LinkedIn coaches uh, say how to use LinkedIn, it's like, you know, we're creating marketing collateral and it's, and it's almost like a sausage machine. You're kind of driving people <laughs> into the sausage machine. And then hopefully some of those people will convert out the other end based purely on volume. Social selling is a lot more strategic than that. We already know who we're going to work with. They just don't know it yet. Um, so <laughs> that's the difference, is that we're going after um, specific um, specific accounts. So um, and often if I get a prospect that I'm having a, a conversation with, if they ask me um, a particular question, for example, um, I will, I'll write a, an article or a piece of content that addresses that question. Um, and they're like, oh, Nick, it's like you wrote that article for me or you wrote that piece of content. It's like, yeah. I did, it was for you. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the difference is that you're, you can almost have an ongoing sales conversation through your content by making it contextual with that person. And that's the difference between social selling and marketing, it's, it's, it's more targeted, it's more narrow, um, and you know who you're going after. Um, so we use a lot of um, data in social selling as well. And um, Gartner, who we really like say that um, uh, people are 57% along in their um, hiring journey before they come to, um, to sales. Um, and that's huge. So, what we need to do is influence and affect all the people in that sales cycle. And we know that that most large organizations there's anywhere between twelve to fifteen stakeholders, stakeholders on a large deal. So, we need to get in front of those stakeholders, influence their buying decisions, and and move that um, that deal along. It's, you know, contrary to popular belief, um, you're not going to get a hundred thousand pound deal just landing your DMs in, in LinkedIn <laughs> as inbound. It, it, those kind of deals take an awful long time to work out. There's lots of stakeholders involved, mm-hmm. um, and working as a team—that's um, what you do as an organisation. You go after those particular um, stakeholders, and you influence them through your content. And, um, and that's that's the difference between um, social selling and what we we refer to as kind of traditional uh, marketing. Um, We also like, um, I mentioned Adelman earlier, but um, they've got a a trust report they did a while ago. So Adelman usually do, I think they did um, trust reports with kind of like large bodies, so government bodies, um, churches, that kind of thing. They did one with LinkedIn um, a few years ago, which is absolutely dynamite. Um, And Adelman says that um, 64% of buyers um, say that an organization's thought leadership content is a more trustworthy basis for assessing its capabilities and competency and its marketing materials and product sheets. So we that's effectively what we do we create technical influencers people that know their stuff in their space and um, they're creating content. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. On a, on, a,
1: on a daily basis um and that's yeah and that that's how they affect the people that they need to uh, to sell to so. Um and everyone everyone that sees this sees at least a, a 30% um increase in revenue and a 40% uh, decrease in sales cycles um We've got reams and reams of uh, of data and case studies and happy clients to back this up. But I think probably the best example I can use is from um, one of Eric's clients who's down in the the chat uh, there. So this is uh, Patrick Sorache from uh, CyberHawk, one of Eric's clients. And he says that um, a social organization recognizes that building a more humanized relationship with all of its stakeholders from customers to investors, and employees, Develops trust and a sense of belonging required to differentiate from an ever growing digital marketplace. That is it in a nutshell. That is social selling. <laughs> uh,
0: so, you know, there, there's a couple of things that kind of stood out to me. One is one of my favorite sayings that it takes 10 to 20 years to be an overnight success. I mean, with the idea that, you know, things people think, oh, wow, look at that's happening to this person or that person. But, you yeah. know, it took them it took them many, many steps to get there. And, um, I love what you said about, you know, uh, being authentic. I mean, I kind of hate the word authentic, but I love the idea. And, you know, there are people who post um, on LinkedIn that if I did not know it was them, I would know it was them because I know because they're always the voice is the same. And how, you know, I mean, I try to work on that. How can you, you know, how do people work, you know, sort of get that going so that you're kind of always the same?
1: Um I, I think it's uh it's a it's a journey and it's never gonna you know, when when you initially kind of start on the platform, people are terrified to kind of go go into that space which is um is um you know, authenticity and, and kind of being vulnerable. But the more you can humanize your content, the more I, I always use the and I can't remember the Latin for it off the top of my head, but um it's know thyself. And the more mm-hmm. the more you understand who you are as a person, the more comfortable you are with putting that that um that person out um I, as your personal brand on the platform Um, it's not a space that everyone feels comfortable to go to and and you get to draw that line as well it's not you know it's down to the individual where where they're willing to go stuff i mean I'm, I'm a lot of my content is quite kind of raw and quite just sometimes sometimes i don't even think about what i'm doing sometimes when i write my content and that's that's some of the best content is when it when it just kind of comes from the um the ether but um I think yeah having a um you know building a, a humanized relationship and building up a level of um again um it was from the Edelman trust report um, i can't remember the exact percentage i think it was 85 percent um, um they did it they did the report and basically said that um you know people that that show vulnerability and authenticity um, have uh, an 85% bias towards building trust with, with other people. And wow. that's, that's a huge element of of, of the sales cycle. If you can build trust with the people that you're going to sell to, they implicitly trust you. So, so it's a... Um, it's, uh, yeah, nice you know,
0: I, I, I love that. Um, I love that. And, you know, um, I picked up, I heard a couple of people use this phrase, the idea of content being, um, you know, professional, personal, and then also the private And, you know, I've seen some, some, you know, uh, posts that have been quite inspiring to me that would be something more than maybe I was willing to share. I've gone like kind of as far as, as I felt comfortable a little bit, it gets to be a little bit deeper at times, Um, but I have found that uh, using, you know, telling my, some of my own stories or, or things that I feel um, strongly about, whether, you know, I've, think oh should i say this or not and then okay post it <laughs> um but it it's uh it, it's really really uh can can be tough i think for for people and some people seem seem to be quite comfortable you know telling you kind of everything um yeah. but you know i i try to find a mix that that i'm comfortable with so i think
1: i think yeah it's it's uh you know that there's a there's a um, a mixture in terms of you know we we always use the the kind of 411 principle with with new clients and that's four pieces of content around what they want to be famous for not not what they do for a living but what the, what they want to be digitally famous for um one piece of shared content which is uh can be a, a piece of content um you know an article or blog that they found really insightful and they put their own stamp on it and then one piece of personal content and that that piece of personal content can be as 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 deep as you want it to be or it can be you know very kind of surface layer um you know it's my kid's birthday today or or you know um i've suffered this particular thing and and i really want to go there and talk about it so it's entirely entirely up to you where you're but but i will say the you know um there there's a there's a component or an element of um uh, and i think i've said this to you before i this platform changed my life because i was willing to to kind of explore things that I'm I'm convinced that that I the growth that I've been through and the person that I am now today is because of this this platform, which is, you know, forget the money, forget the career and the business and everything else. That that is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And that and that's you know I don't I don't say it lightly, but but um this this platform LinkedIn changed changed my life, and that's that's um, yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I have to say that I love the pictures of kids that I see and I love the, I love your kids. They're so adorable. <laughs> and you know, so many other other people do share, you know, their things that their kids are doing. I know Claire has posted pictures of, you know, her daughter writing and things. And you know, it's yeah. I I love that. I really love that. So um uh, we do have a question um from the audience. So I'd like to go there before I move on to my next question. Um, mm-hmm. and it's from my friend Lavinia. Uh, what is an obvious to you move that many companies miss on LinkedIn?
1: Um, they focus too much on their brand and not their employees. If they if they had enough trust in their employees to build out their personal brand, that's where the magic happens. Um, and you won't get that from companies. I, there's, there's a shift happening in terms of um, social selling and, and kind of creating social organizations where, the good guys are the ones that are going to win if you've got a toxic company culture um ain't no one from that company culture going to be allowed to go on social they're just not um but the ones that that have a decent culture and decent human beings working for them they're going to absolutely nail it and they're they're going to be we we creating and um, fostering um a culture through digital where the good guys hopefully are the ones that are going to win in the long term and that is Amazing as far as I'm concerned. It's it's the, the coolest thing to happen in them in, in business for the past 50 years, as far as I'm concerned. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, well I, I thank you for that. So my so my friend Paula says she's going to go follow you right now. So <laughs> smart, smart. Paula, I know you're smart. I knew you were smart already, but now, now I know it even more. So uh, while I um while I have you here I I would be remiss I have to ask you um for some video strategies you know okay. and I was talking to you about this before we went live I yeah. still see people doing um you know long talking head videos on on um on LinkedIn, uh, and you know, sometimes it's like seven, eight minutes, and you know, I've gone like three or four. But and I, I, even though people I love and I know they know what they're talking about, yeah. I cannot, um, I cannot watch it. So, um, what? So, <laughs> so, well, you know, you taught me not to do that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what advice do you have for people who want to engage, uh, create more engaging? Um, video content, you know, what are a few steps that they could take? um, If they're if they're not taking a training with you? (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, so so um, one of the obvious ones is I I always say if you're if you're not um, either learn to edit or or outsource your editing, but learn how to edit that that is a, a major component of producing video content. If you have a locked off shot on the same angle, for eight minutes of you talking, you could be giving me you know next week's winning lottery numbers the secret to the universe or or something that's going to save my life next week i won't watch it because it's boring it could be the you know the most amazing content in the world but you're it's a locked off shot on one angle of, of someone talking for a long time and that gets boring very very quickly Um we're scrolling through the feed we're, we're battered with information through the feed on a on a daily basis so we have to stand out we have to grab people's attention we have to keep their attention um, and we do that by using things called pattern interrupts. Um, so a pattern interrupt is is uh, so like an on-screen element or something that that kind of breaks up the flow of the information. So it kind of keeps people on their toes. Um, and I and I taught you this um, when we were doing the editing component of stuff. So um, having having um, cuts in there, uh, kind of breaking up the, the the size of the shots, adding on you know kind of on-screen graphics and things like that, keeps the viewer more engaged and interested because there's different things to look at um uh, video for social media is very different from sort of traditional um broadcast media you're you're trying to grab attention and kind of keep it for a sustained period of time so it's um it's a lot more difficult to do that um now with with people's um attention spans as well so but um and this sounds really weird as well but um humor is a huge one on the platform it's a it's a business platform and if you can lean and leverage humor a little bit you're you're um, video content will just stand out a country mile because you're surrounded by by um, corporate uh, video content. So, um, if you can leverage and lean on that, and you're comfortable to do it, it's it will work wonders for you. And um, not many people are. Um, and you know, it depends what you're selling as well. You're not you're not necessarily going to be taken that seriously if you kind of lean on the uh, the humor component too much. But you can get um, decent engagement by leaning on the uh, the humor side of things. My kind of secret sauce was. Um, was uh, what I call edutainment. So I would I would uh, educate someone, I'd give them tips and kind of tricks around something by doing it in a kind of tongue in cheek, humorous way. So they learn something, but it's it's um, engaging and fun at the same time. I'm a big believer in it. if you're gonna if you're gonna teach somebody something or coach someone uh, some, in something, it needs to be engaging and fun so that they retain that information. So I, I try and make my um, my sessions as fun as I uh, as I can. Um, but there's you know there's there's tons of different kinds of video content even even something as simple as um uh, you know kind of getting testimonials from your customers if, if you've got if you've got a customer uh, they don't necessarily feel comfortable on video mm-hmm. uh, but you'd like them to leave you a video testimonial just jump on a on a zoom call with them and just have a chat about the project okay. record it and then boom you've got yourself a video testimonial it's not it's not
0: oh it's, Okay. Yeah. okay. So that is a, that is a total gem. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that
1: is. It's 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 uh it's kind of obvious when you think about it, but but um it's it and that way you're creating an environment where they feel comfortable. They know the person they're speaking to. They're not thinking about the the equipment and the technology. Um, so you get a much more natural and nuanced um uh, video testimony testimonial. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Oh, I yeah. That that is that is fabulous, and you know, um, especially I, I find that uh, you know, w- with some of the clients that I work with, they don't want necessarily someone to know that they're you know I was the one who wrote their LinkedIn profile, or I was the one that you know yeah. created the resume, or or you know showed them how to do the profile video or something like that. So yeah. um, so I hear you, but but that is something, and you know, so many things in life are they are so obvious. But until somebody tells you, you know, <laughs> that happens to me. No, now that, I, I guess now yeah. They tell me, it's like, well, yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> I, I I take a lot of these things for uh, for granted. But um, hi hi Ilya, welcome to Ilya down in the, uh, the yes, chat. hi um,
0: Ilya, thank you for joining us.
1: Um, I, I think we I, I said this before we, we kind of started the call, but um, I'm definitely convinced that that if you if you're talking about a subject that you are uniquely passionate about that makes a huge difference because, you know, um, like I said, that your body doesn't lie. If you're, if you're talking about a subject that you're really passionate about, you generally tend to kind of get animated and excited about it um, in your body. Um, and if you're excited and you're having fun and you're passionate about it, your audience generally is going uh, to be too. There's nothing worse than listening to someone drone on about a subject that they absolutely hate because they just kind of clam up, their body goes into like, it's like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. And it's, it's yeah, it's cringeworthy.
0: So. You know, it, it, it's so funny, though, too. And, you know, I, I know a couple of people who do sort of video training. Um, so mm-hmm. they'll be on camera talking and doing a presentation and blah, blah, blah. And they're great. And when they start to do like a you know, just a video um where maybe their profile video even or something like that, that it looks like they're you know, like it's a hostage video.
1: Like <laughs> Rub it in headlights like
0: right, yeah. And there's something <laughs> about that, um, you know, that that gets them. So um I I just uh I I you know, I, I don't know. It's one of the things though I will mention because you didn't mention it, one of the things that you taught me that I found extremely um helpful was to just record one line at a time yeah yeah and and not you know trying to memorize and then if you make a mistake you only have to do that one line again you don't have to there's, there's, to
1: there's there's a reason in the system like if you're doing that kind of talking head stuff there's a reason why um uh in, in in film we've got the pre-production aspect of it the production aspects and the post-production aspects so the pre-production is the scripting and all the work that goes into it before we actually start filming there's the production which is the actual filming and then there's the post-production which is all the editing side all the stuff and all the sound effects and VFX and everything else that goes on after it. Um, and there's a reason why that's worked for over a hundred years because it works. So if you do all the work in the pre-production stage, if you script it out and People think that oh, if I if I script out my content, it's gonna not gonna be natural and it's not gonna flow as much. And it's like that. It's almost the complete opposite. Um, because if you if you start to put down bullet points around the subject, even though you know the subject really really well, people tend to kind of go off track and then mm-hmm. they start to think about what they're having to say next. Um, and and that detracts from the performance. So if you're not having to think about what you're saying because it's already written down. You can put the energy and delivery into the actual performance, which a lot of it is non-verbal for a video. It's your body language. It's how you're mm-hmm. expressing yourself, you know, the, the tone of voice, how animated you are. And, and that's the stuff that we read more than the actual things that are coming out of your mouth. So um, so scripting yeah, is, is uh, hugely important.
0: Well well that's what that that old um study that people often use in communications um and it's i think it's 7% the words you say it's like yeah. 38% uh your body language and then the rest is uh or or the words the the tone of your voice and the other yes. is like body language and, yep. um I, I need to I should put those like in a uh, thing in front of me because i talk about them all the time and i can never remember the numbers and it's, so- it's
1: you know the 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 person that we're putting across on and and we, we talk about authenticity and vulnerability and, and sometimes we do need to create videos that are less polished but a lot of what we're doing a lot of the time is we're putting up we're putting a more um more animated version of, of who we are normally like i'm i'm quite fun and, and tongue-in-cheek and, and a bit zany in real life but but i i kind of ramp that up to like You know, I crank it up to 11 when I'm, when I'm kind of doing video content because it's more, it's just more. It's more fun and, and engaging to watch I hope
0: <laughs> so <laughs> no it, it it is and you know I I try to do that too and I've had people say oh you know you're so energetic and it's like okay yeah well not when the camera is off but yes exactly it. yeah. but it, it's so true you know if you're writing it in your own words then it yeah. shouldn't sound stilted if you're just writing it high yeah, because say it's, it. It's, your,
1: it's your tone of voice it's your it's your language it's how you you um you know it's how you speak the they're, they're, they're the words from your head so it shouldn't feel any any uh, any different so.
0: And, see, and, and Ilya says that, too, the one sentence at a time has been time saving for her editing process. And, you know, I you know, I that is so true. You know, if you can just record one line and, you know, maybe you record it a couple of times and then I can go and sit on my sofa on my phone and just, you know, do some do my there's, editing there. There's,
1: there's a there's an natural process to it. Then it's more it's more kind of assembly line. I, I remember watching um there was a lady uh, I, I saw a while back, probably over a year ago, and um, she'd put up a screenshot of because she does her stuff in one take, and it was just, it was the, the um, a kind of screenshot of her, of her um, album in, in on her iPhone, and there was there was about sixty-eight takes of this video, because <laughs> like, you'd because she'd kind of screwed up somewhere in the middle and, and, and gone, oh, okay, one well, not to do another take now. But if you're doing it in chunks, doesn't matter. It's like okay, that takes good. Yep. There, and then boom, it, it, the amount of time you save by doing that is, is huge.
0: So. It, it is. It's incredible. And even if you go back and you're looking at the videos, oh, that doesn't sound so good. You just, you know, add it to the end and edit it in. And it, it's, um, but that's another one of those things. It's so obvious when, you know, when <laughs> someone like you says, okay, this is how you do it. Um, And, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. And Elia and was commenting too, that she used to ramble terribly and you know she's she's controlling that, and it yeah. is true. When you have those talking points, we I think we all do that. You just start talking, and you know where you go from there. And before yeah, you just
1: you just you're kind of going off track, and then you're and then you're you're like, oh, what was I talking about? And then you have to read like you have you're you're starting to think about what you're saying rather than how you're saying it, and it's it is the delivery in the. Por- performance is the more important bit you know I could be I could be talking absolute gobbledygook but if I'm animated and and, and engaged (laughs) people like like I am now I could be talking I'm talking absolute gobbledygook but but if I'm animated engaged and excited you're much more likely to listen and engage with that than, than if I was you know
0: you know you just made me think of a video and I don't know who did it it was a gentleman and I believe he was in London and he had his camera on, and he was saying like Here's me on a video walking down the street and I'm looking over here and I'm looking over there. I think I remember that one. Actually, anything, yeah. but people, I'm sure you're watching me, and it's it's so true. I mean, it's just people like, okay, what's he gonna do next? And um <laughs> it, I, you know, and I, I'll never forget that because it was something, you know, I watched it to the end. He didn't say anything, just like he yeah. said, he was not gonna say anything. Um, but you know, so. What do people, you know, get wrong beyond the idea, like with companies, like, like somebody like me, who's, who's a, you know, sort of a one person uh, business um, when they're creating and sharing content on video? What are, you know, a couple of the mistakes that they make? Um, I, I think when
1: a lot of people kind of start on the, on the platform, they treat social like a broadcast medium, like, like kind of traditional broadcast in that, you know, here's my thing. I'm going to put it out there and that's it but your the whole point of you producing content is to open up dialogue so you're you're creating content in order to pull your audience towards you to start a conversation i'm almost like content to me is is secondary i'm not interested in the content i'm interested in the conversation that goes on the content the the conversation that goes on below that content is more important than that thing above it that's that's what we're here for is the actual conversation. So if you can, the, the magic is creating a piece of content that that pulls people towards you, creates a space where people can actually involve themselves in that conversation, and that's where the magic stuff happens. Because then you're in a conversation with a, a potential client or someone that can help you or someone that can refer you. Or so that's it's it's creating that space for for conversation. That's the important part.
0: Wow. You know, it, it. it's true. And, you know, the thing is, too, as I'm sitting here listening to you and, you know, I will be rewatching this myself. Uh, so many of the things, um, you know, and, and I guess that's one of the huge benefits of working with someone like you, you know, who can coach them and teach them because, um, you know, several of the things that you taught me. It's like, yeah, OK, it makes perfect sense, but I would never have thought of it um, on my own. Um, so I, I know that you do uh, a few different things online, you know, live audios, uh, LinkedIn yeah. audio. It, is there any kind of a theme or something that, that sort of ties them together? We, we talked about this a little bit, uh, before we went live.
1: Um, so yeah, obviously there's the, um, the social selling component of what we do. So I, I host a show with them. I'm going to give it a little plug here called socially curious on a Tuesday with uh, Mr. Doyle who's in the, um, who's in the chat um and that's a little half an hour show that we do kind of talking about various components of um of social and why organizations kind of need to get on board with that um, and that's a little um, live audio that i run i was running a, a video tips room as well but i've had to stop that recently because i'm just i'm just it's like we said before in terms of kind of time blocking i'm trying to produce content do lives do do this kind of stuff and coach clients as well there's only so many hours in the day so um it's it's hard to maintain that but I definitely think um, if you've got access to it, um, the LinkedIn audio beta, uh, beta at the moment is is huge. Just because um, you know it's a it's a new um, a platform, a new service that LinkedIn are pushing out. It, it means people don't have to be tethered to their um, desktops or machines. They can be out and about with their phones listening to the audio, um, just like Clubhouse was back in the day. So for me, it's it's a much better medium for for kind of. Um, having a more kind of passive listening audience that mm-hmm. they, are, they don't have to actively be, um, you know, in, in, engaged in the content as well. So you get a nice mix of people that are just kind of tuning in and listening in mm-hmm. and people that are actively, you know, um, wanting to uh, participate. So I'm loving the new um, LinkedIn uh, audio um, beta at the moment. There, There's a few things I need to tweak on it, but um, all in all the experience is, is really good. Um, and I said to you as well, I'm, I'm going to probably bring back my, um, I, I used to do a, a LinkedIn live show on a Friday, which was literally just just. It was literally just a bit of fun. It was me having fun with my audience, asking them silly questions, and and uh, and just just listening to my guests really. And um, it was kind of my end of the week, kind of wind down, and something I kind of looked forward to at the end of the week because I, I'm a I'm a big believer in that. You know, we spend most of our lives working. If we can't enjoy the work we're doing, what's the point in doing it? So that was my kind of little thing to look forward to at the end of the week right, where i could um, engage my audience and just just have a bit of fun and silliness really so
0: well I, you know i i often say that you know the the LinkedIn lives that I do, and I talked to you about maybe yeah, I'm thinking of doing adding another show. But um, it, it's a, my favorite part of my week, really. It's so much fun for me to meet and and be able to talk to people, and I learn so much. And I have so FOMO about the the audio, and I'm you know crossing my fingers that you know we <laughs> put it out there because as you say, you know you could do that while you're walking. You know yeah. I, I am loving this conversation, but we can't do this on our phone. At least I, yeah. I'm not aware that we can. So um so we have another question uh from the audience from Ilya. Yep. so we will um will uh, put that up if you can um ask that how many cameras do you have during your lives i see you changing amazingly from views i'm a newbie on linkedin live video Says so be appreciated so yeah i'd like okay. to learn that too yep <laughs>
1: so so um i use what's called a video switcher so the one i use is um by a company called black magic it's called the a10 mini pro um it's about i think they're around kind of 600 500 uh no they're about around 400 i think around 450 pounds and um, it's a little video switcher um, and it means you can run multiple cameras into that one switcher so you can run four cameras into it and um, i've got three that are plumbed into it um, and then you've literally got buttons where you can switch or, or mix between those camera sources so you get the four cameras going into it and then you get one output. And then you literally just push a button to mix between those those camera sources. But it's very difficult. I mean, you're you're obviously running this live at the moment. Bringing out the questions, it's it's very hard bringing up questions, running the switcher, um, bringing up kind of on-screen elements or graphics, checking the questions, doing all that stuff, and speaking to your guests at the same time. So. Um, I often get um, Haley, my uh, my PA, to help me with that because it it just gets a bit like you're you're concentrating on pushing all the buttons and not actually talking to your guest, which is quite
0: hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it it's true, and and I know sometimes you know I tend to be looking off because I want to make sure that you know the the video is running where it's supposed to be. Um, but yeah. luckily, we do have have the uh, you know comments that we can see in here in the <laughs> studio, so uh, that does make it easier. But you know, my goodness, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good with my cool little intro, and now I'm feeling like, oh man, I should be having three cameras and doing all this stuff. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, how- that's,
1: that's, that's, that's the next level. You know, you could get a little slidey, you could get some, you get a kind of overhead cam if you want to kind of demo some stuff, or yeah. You, you just, oh, yeah. I think um, yeah. that where, where we are on LinkedIn, like I always say, if you go and look at YouTube as an example, um, you you look at um, content on YouTube, how highly produced it is, how beautifully shot it is. And um, the live stuff on there uses um, a lot of uh, like uh, multi-camera relays and stuff. We're in our infancy at the moment with LinkedIn with where content is like it is. This is like bargain basement, you know, like it's we're ground floor at the moment. Give it five years, 10 years time. The the, the kinds of content we're going to start seeing on this platform over the next five to 10 years is going to be phenomenal. So it's it's worth, I always say. You know uh, social media platforms kind of level up over over time you will see a, a rise in them um, in production values on this this platform over time it, it will happen so
0: wow well i i have to ask you this because i was looking at your profile and i see that you studied film um you know with media video production in college so i, I yeah. saw that and i actually minored in media studies myself so i did a lot nice. of video i did uh, some film um you know we were actually splicing the film together but i also amazing a lot of of video content um where we were kind of just below professional like we had three quarter inch uh, instead of the inch but we had you know great editing um yeah you know and and it was i i just so i've I've never I, I i can
1: i can remember um tape to tape as well i remember um uh we, we used to work with i think in college it was svhs tape so it was like like vhs tape basically and uh and you would have to go through and and you'd have to edit in in real time kind of um and put the the cuts in where they need to be and if you messed up a cart that was it the whole the whole thing was shot and you'd have to go back to the beginning and start again it's like but the, the advent of like we are so lucky now that we can like I, i'm i'm talking to you on my um smartphone at the moment so my smartphone's hooked up as my my camera at the moment um, but we are so lucky that we have access to to apps where we can shoot and we can edit. while we're, we're just like, we. I take that for granted. We're just out and about walking around and we can shoot stuff and edit it on the fly on our phones. That like, that blows my mind. <laughs> it's
0: just... oh, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I remember about, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or so, my husband was traveling a lot and he was in Europe often and in London often. And yeah. we would, you know, sort of, cause he'd be gone for a while. We would just be um, like video chatting, trying it and it'd be all grainy and like, <laughs> you know, and it was just, and now it's like, here we are doing a, you know, a show. Well, from, you know. well
1: I, I, think, um, I think we're at the, the stage now where, you know, you, you look at kind of high-end um, uh, movie and, and, and film cameras, we're starting to get to the stage or, or even kind of, um, you know, um, uh, digital SLRs or mirrorless cameras like stills cameras, we're getting to the stage now where the smartphones are starting to overtake that because they've got the combination of the, the hardware, the glass and the software so they can start mm-hmm. to do stuff in software that those cameras can't. Like the new iPhones now, you can you can shoot a scene and then in post production, you can pull focus between people after you've shot it.
0: That's oh like, wow, okay. That's like <laughs>
1: on a smartphone like where are we going to be in five ten years time with this technology it's uh it, it's
0: i know it's incredible so i agree with you Ilya. nick has certainly set the bar higher so you know but i <laughs> but but that's kind of like you know um i i can i can think about that and love that but um uh, you know i'm i'm not aiming for that today i don't know maybe next year though we shall see <laughs> about that that three cameras <laughs> so um so what um what would you say about kind of what you do in, in the work that you do what do you love the most
1: uh that's that is easy that is um that's really easy for me to identify so when we when we start with new clients um one of the things we get them to do so we're not uh, we're not linkedin coaches or social selling coaches we use a number of different platforms so uh, linkedin is one uh, twitter is a, a, another one that we use but um when we start to get um, people to to first initially kind of start writing their um, about sections, that is the thing for me that that just it gives me goosebumps listening to people write their about sections because we get them to to write it um, in a in a more kind of conversational style, which is which is um, we challenge them basically to not put in anything about what they do for a living um, and and who they are as a person. And for some people, it's terrifying. Some people they find it really easy, but when you start to kind of peel back the layers of that onion, like there was a, a guy that I'm, I'm coaching at the moment. Um, he started to talk about, um, so that the company that we're working with, they install kind of um, lightning rod protection on, on buildings. Um, and he started talking about his dad and his dad used to be a steeplejack. His dad used to go up on the roofs. He used to go mm-hmm. up on the roofs with his dad when he was a kid, kind of helping him install this stuff. Um, and his dad, um, was one of the founding fathers of the the company that he currently works for. And and I think he does um he does kind of height safety now is is part of his job. So there's that whole kind of like backstory there, that family kind of history as to why he does yeah what he does, which is I well I, I would have never have known that until we kind mm-hmm. of started peeling the layers back of and, and that for me I was just like, wow, that's like really interesting and fascinating. And you get to find out who people really are through their their about sections. And that for me, that's that that, and that's kind of the start of the journey. We go into that that first kind of initial group session. I'm like, it's this is just it's it's you sit there and you listen to it, and it's like it it makes the hair stand up on my arms. Yeah, so,
0: I, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm so excited to hear you say that because you know I I love that as well. You know, I do a lot of uh, LinkedIn profiles and the about section. And I always ask people, you know, why do you do what you do? When are you getting into yeah. it? And, you know, I remember things. One um, one man that I worked with was um, an executive at a medical publishing company. And the reason he was in that position because his dad was a dentist and he wanted yeah. to be in some kind of a help, but he didn't want to be, you know, serving people. So that was how he and, and, and most people have. Well, everybody has some kind of story like that. That's yeah. interesting and you know, you you love it. And it's, about and, it's
1: and, and, and it's always the people you least expect. You you kind of challenge them and you go, you know, what's your kind of life story? And it's like, well, I don't know, I haven't got one. And then you start kind of peeling it back. It's like this person's the most interesting person in the world, <laughs> like the stuff they you know they come out with. It's like it, you you yeah, until you start kind of getting into it and kind of peeling back the, the layers of that stuff. And that that's just it's it's beautiful to watch someone step into themselves, if that if that makes sense. And, no, yeah. it, it it is,
0: it is, and and to you know sort of evaluate themselves and go, oh wow, uh, yeah. wow, that's me. It's like look at the
1: stuff I've done. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> it, is. it is. That's one of the things that that I love myself. So, um, so this actually brings me to my next question. So, what is something about you that would surprise people that we don't know?
1: uh i don't i don't know cuz i don't talk about it that much but um it is on my experience section i used to be uh back in the day so when i left university like most graduates um i was a bum for a few years and didn't didn't have any um any work so <laughs> my on my on my wife's side um of the family they're all uh psychiatric nurses they're all they're all absolutely bonkers which is why i love them um, but but uh i my mother-in-law said well you've you finished university you haven't got any work do you want to um do you want to come and work at the the place that i'm working at, at the moment so for a couple of years i was a mental health um nursing assistant um which was probably i have to say one of the most rewarding jobs i've ever done in my entire life and it, and it taught me so much about uh people and mental health and and yeah, just just a a, a beautiful, fascinating job. Um, and, and I could tell you some stories from that as well. well
0: you know, I, I, I have to say, you know, as I, I'm like, you know, hearing this, um, my first job when I got into the career field, I yeah. fell into I was a vocational counselor at a training and placement facility for chronic chronically mentally ill okay and those were our clients and we i did career development with them and taught them basic uh you know office skills and you know and um they were the most dedicated people i have ever met like as a group um they would come from you know 45 minutes away take a bus to a train take the train to our city take the bus to the place and you know because they were so dedicated in wanting to you know learn and um and yeah. you know it was uh i i think about that and it, it's just such a um such an interesting interesting experience and this is one of the reasons i love doing these lives too because i often learn things that i have like in a little bit of in common with people that i had no idea so um, yeah yeah
1: yes yeah, it's, it's um it's it's beautiful to watch um you know um people that are just um really kind of unwell through through no fault of their own and uh and just just to help them kind of you know nurse them and, and see them get better it's 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 beautiful so it really you know it's one of the most yeah rewarding jobs i've, I've ever had as, as, a, as a person so
0: so i mean obviously yours was much deeper than mine because the people you know i i was working with were you know in group homes and things like that but yeah it's just you know when you see people you know um facing and and you know overcoming challenges like that yeah. It's really, really inspiring. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, my my last question, as I told told you, you know, I stole this from you. The idea of asking <laughs> my guests for questions for my next guest. So, yeah. my question for you is, um, for my last guest, how did your earlier career choices lead you to where you are now?
1: Um, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I, if you kind of look at it. Kind of looking back on it and sort of mapping it all, it kind of makes sense. Like, um, and, and I've put this in my my about section, but the, you know, the the trauma I went through, the fact that I kind of used stories as a mechanism, as a safety blanket to kind of explore the things that I went through as a kid, um, uh, and then obviously fell into the the video stuff, um, the psychiatric nursing, all those things kind of culminated and and got me to where I am now, and and I've kind of almost kind of come full circle now, so. Um, uh, you know the, the realization of kind of what I went through in the therapy that I've been through recently and now I'm working with them and I'm actually going there this evening and um, so I, I work with a, a group a charity called a band of brothers so we, we help young men that are kind of going through the um, the prison system um to kind of keep them out of the prison the system basically and, and just um, help them and, and kind of return them to, to um, societies as productive members of uh, society because there's there's so many young men out there that, that are just kind of uh, hurt and angry and just just need, just need a, an older man to, to speak to. So um, yeah, it's weird how yeah, Steve Jobs has said it before but like you can never trace the dots kind of going forward. if you actually look and stop back like and look back, it's, 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 um, it's easier to, to kind of see that journey, I suppose. but yeah yeah, I think, I think a lot of what we do um, on a day-to-day basis, there's so much unconscious stuff that goes on under the surface that if we actually stop and, and, and sort of question it and ask why we're doing that like a lot of a lot of what i've done in my life and a lot of what most people are doing in their life is is on a un, kind of unconscious autopilot so it's your subconscious kind of telling you that you need to do these particular things so
0: well, I, I thank you so much. We've gone a little bit over. Is there anything you'd like to mention that I should have asked you that you would like to share?
1: No, nope, I think. Yeah, I think we're uh, I think we, we are golden. I can hear my, my wife just come in. and She's starting oh, to, uh, she's okay. just started to prepare prepare dinner over my shoulder. So I'm probably going to get shouted at in a minute. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I thank you again so much for being here. Um, thank you to everyone who's been here with us. Uh, we yes, really guys. appreciate you being here uh, today. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Smarter Career Moves podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe.